Everybody joining me now on the football report is Brandon Eisman. He writes for the about the LSU Tigers over on Last Word on College Football, and he is the host of the LSU Breakdown podcast. Brandon, how's it going uh, for your first trip here to the football report? It's going good, man. It's been a while since we talked, but I'm really excited to be on your show. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, people have been responding well to the show so far. I think uh, they think it's a. Uh, a mixture of the old show and something a little bit new, so I'm excited and uh, look forward to every episode. Do and uh, before you get started, also uh, let the audience know uh, you just celebrated a birthday, so happy belated birthday to you as well. Thank you, thank you very much. It was it was a very very good birthday yesterday. All right, you know, me and you on the old show talked about LSU, and we can I think Brandon, we can be uh, it's fair to say me and you have different opinions on LSU Tigers. Is that correct? Yeah, that look, that that's 100% correct. I can't disagree with you on that. You're a little bit more optimistic about the uh, LSU Tigers than I am, I would say. I believe in their talent. I don't believe in the people coaching the talent. That's just my uh, problems with LSU. And when you look at the talent coming in, they brought in a new talent uh, quarterback, uh, Joe Burrows from Ohio State, quarterback not with a lot of experience, but a lot of excitement in Baton Rouge for Joe Burrows. Yeah, you know, he didn't. He doesn't have a lot of college experience. Um, he didn't play a lot at Ohio State, but if you go back and look at high school numbers, they are just outstanding. Um, I believe he threw for, I think it was like 92 touchdowns or something, somewhere around there. It was a really, really high number. Um, it was either overall through his high school career or his senior year. I mean, they, he's really talented. I've watched film on him. Uh, he's a really talented quarterback. He's really what LSU needed um, for 2018. I just don't – I'm not very optimistic with Miles Brennan. Um, I know the fan base is really wanting him to be the guy per se, but I think Burrow is going to come in and give Brennan and Lowell Narcisse and possibly Justin McMillan a run for their money for the quarterback position. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe some people I think are, are looking at him and maybe be a savior of the program. But And for you, how much, I mean, let's assume he's the starting quarterback, which, I mean, that's the assumption everybody's making here, is how much better does he make LSU? Because most of your sports books predict LSU at seven, seven and a half wins. How much better does he make the team? I think he makes the team a little bit better. I don't think he makes them a whole lot better. Um, you know, I don't really think the fan base or anyone around the SEC or college football in general should really right now put Joe Burrow as starting quarterback. Um, I mean, we're midway through the summer, if you want to say, and he we really haven't even seen him practice yet. Uh, he's still got to get through fall camp, and then the coaching staff will make their decision before the first game. Um, but I, I think he would make LSU a little bit better, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, and the thing with him is he's not just a a rental, per, you know, per se. He has two years of eligibility left. So I guess if you say if he didn't play in eighteen or he wasn't ready to start the season, he still has a whole another year of experience to play in twenty nineteen. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, even like you just said, even if he didn't play this year, he'll have, you know, another year under his belt to play in 2019. Uh, and, you know, especially with the fan base considering, you know, that he's going to be the starter, I think he'll see playing time. I think it'll be really split between him and Miles Brendan. Um, so I think he'll see playing time this year. But, yeah, he does have two two years left. 
When you look at the backfield, you know, the last couple of years, whoever was starting at quarterback for LSU, which it was mainly Danny Etling, they had the luxury of turning around and their Leonard Fournette being there or Darius Geis being there. That's not there anymore. It's in a very inexperienced backfield, of course, with the quarterback situation. Now at running back, what are you seeing? What are you predicting with the LSU backfield? Well, let me start off here by saying that I'm not very optimistic with LSU's running back for or running back depth for 2018. Um, you know, they definitely don't have Leonard Fournette or Darius guys in the backfield. So, I mean, they have guys that can run the ball and carry the ball exceptionally well, but they're definitely not what we've seen for the past three or four years. Um, Nick Nick Brissett, possibly the starter, um, but there's a couple other guys that could you know see playing time or start as well. A freshman, uh, Chris Curry, is looking to be really, really promising. Um, I would like to see him get some playing time this year. I think he's going to be a really, really good running back in the near future for LSU. But optimism-wise, I I just don't know how it's going to pan out for the Tigers in the backfield this year. A positive for the quarterback position and the running back position for LSU is, in fact, you do have three returning starters on the offensive line. There's some uh, That's what's got to be a strength for this offense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, LSU's offensive line last year was really beaten up and really it seemed as if they were young. But since they have the returning starters and players from last year, I think the offensive line will be better, which in return will make the offense as a whole unit better. And I think it'll make it better for whichever starting quarterback is playing to have more time in the pocket. And you look at the receiver position at LSU. Uh, DJ Chark is gone. You're used to LSU having great talent at receiver. Now, we haven't always seen that because the quarterback position has been so up and down at LSU over pretty much the last decade since Jamarcus Russell was the quarterback there. Uh, Receiver, what has LSU got coming in that you're excited about? Uh, Well, for starters, you've got Jonathan Giles to transfer from Texas Tech. Um, He's expected to be... Uh, the main receiver in 2018, and I think that'll pan out that way. Really, really talented receiver. Uh, I've watched a lot of film on that guy. tried to break down him as much as possible. Um, He's a really, really talented wide receiver. And then on the opposite side of the field, opposite of Giles, uh, you could see Drake Davis or Stephon Sullivan or a couple of the other guys, uh, Manny Netherly, uh, maybe Jacoby Stevens if he doesn't switch back to the defensive side. So I think they're very, very deep at receiver, and I think they have a lot of weapons they could use there. You know, and as we talk here, I mean, we do believe there's a lot of questions with this LSU offense. Just what are you expecting out of the LSU offense in 2018? Do you see this team struggling, being average? Could they be really good? What are you thinking? I think they will be a lot better than they were the past, give or take, two seasons. Um, under Matt Canna, they, the offensive efficiency was really, really low in the rankings. I think they finished at like 114th last year in total offense, um, which is really, really below average for LSU, speaking that they're in a Power 5 conference in the SEC. Um, I think Steve Insminger is going to do a tremendous job as the new offensive coordinator. I think we'll see a lot of different – styles of offense and hopefully some trick plays in there kind of like what Les Miles used to do uh, but overall production wise I think the offense will be much better than the past two seasons 
when you look at the other side of the ball on the defense, I think there should be less concern there. Well, mainly because Dave Aranda is running the show. LSU signed him to that massive new contract. I believe it's uh, a $10 million contract over four years, $2.5 million a year. Uh, last season, LSU, one of the best defenses in the country, uh, 12th in total yards allowed at th- uh, 316, uh, 14th in scoring defense at 18.9. And I uh, got some pretty big people returning on this defense, especially at linebacker Devin White, 133 tackles last season. It was second in the Southeastern Conference. And at quarterback, he got Gritty Williams. He was tied for the SEC best with six interceptions. So while we talk about Plugging in holes on the offense, the guys that are now gone, plenty of great players still exist on the defensive side of the ball for LSU. Oh, definitely. You know, Dave Aranda in his three or four years, however long he's been there, I can't remember, has he's done a very tremendous job with the defense. Um, if there's one thing that LSU has always done well with the football program, it's have great defenses. They've always had stout defenses, elite defenses, whatever you want to call it. And 2018 is going to be just the same thing. Uh, Devin White really took on kind of a leadership role in 2017 as on the defensive side. And if you look at what they have in the secondary with Todd Harris and Grant Delpit and even possibly Jacoby Stevens or Manny Netherly, who used to be a wide receiver, switched over to safety, I believe. Um, they're, they're going to be really, really stout. And they have a lot of young guys that are going to be really, really good as well. Yeah, and, and to me... I mean, LSU fans need to be happy you have Dave Render right now because if he continues his success as a defensive coordinator, despite what LSU's record is, I do believe he is going to be in line for a head coaching possibility maybe in as early as this upcoming offseason. Yeah, definitely. You know, And I don't want to get way too, ahead with, way too ahead with this because we're only in the middle of the summer and football season is still like 65 days away. Uh, with the uncertainty around LSU and Ed Orgeron if Orgeron was to get fired or leave or whatever I think Dave Aranda is in line to get the LSU job well well you know there's I've heard people I'm not going to mention who's put this out there that they would like to see Lane Kiffin as the next head coach at LSU just you know just throwing stuff out there because you're right it's a it's summertime and you know you just you know Wacky things get said anyways. Uh, what do you think Lane Kiffin would be like at LSU? You know what? I That's actually a really, really good idea. I would love Lane Kiffin at LSU. I think that would be really, really fun to watch. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin's a great coach. Yeah, it didn't pan out really well at Tennessee or USC, but he's doing a really, really good job at Florida Atlantic, and he did a very great, great job as a coordinator at Alabama. Uh, for him to get back to the SEC, I think LSU fans would be pretty okay with the hire. I know I would be cool with it. Um, th- that would be great to see him in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and you know, there's the whole talk, and I remember uh, when Ed Orgeron got named the got the interim tag taken off and became the head coach. There was talk that Lane Kiffin was headed to Baton Rouge to be the offense coordinator, and I kind of wonder would he be the offense coordinator right now there in Baton Rouge? if he hadn't gotten the Florida Atlanta job. Yeah, you know, that that's a really, really strong possibility. Um, if he would have headed to Baton Rouge, I, I think to this day he would still be the offensive coordinator if he would have taken it. Yeah, and of course, you know, him and the relationship with Ed Orgeron back, you know, he was with him at Tennessee and at USC. So, you know, that's just been fun. It'd be fun. It's, you know, something fun to talk about. 
uh, mentioning, you know, Lane Kiffin. I think his name is going to be mentioned a lot with any SEC job that does come open because of his history in the conference and just what he's able to do on an offensive level. I mean, what, three years in a row for Atlanta only won three games each season. Then last season they win a conference championship. They win 10 games. There was a point where they were averaging close to uh, 50, 60 points a game. So what he's able to do offensively in turn around Florida Atlantic, you give him the LSU talent, there's just no question what he could do. Oh, exactly. I mean, there's numerous great things he could do with LSU. Um, You know, considering that LSU has an average or above average offense, um, if he was to take the job or whatever, um, I I think he would do great things there. And, you know, talk about Ed Orgeron, who is still the head coach, by the way. I mean, we're sitting here. I think we mean you just have fired him as the head coach at LSU. But he is still there. So, I don't, you know, let's not get too carried away with any Lane Kiffin talk here or any other coach. But it seems that he has the most pressure out of any SEC coach this upcoming season. And I think here's why I think why. It's not necessarily his win-loss record so far. When you look at the rest of the league, and bear with me, everybody, Alabama's not about to fire Nick Saban, so there's no pressure there. Chad Morris just got hired at Arkansas. Auburn gave Gus Malzahn a ridiculous new contract. Mississippi State just hired Joe Moorhead. Ole Miss, okay, Luke Falk, uh, uh, whatever. You know, <laughs> they're in their situation. A&M just gave Jimbo Fisher a massive contract. You look at the East. They're not firing Dan Mullen at Florida. They're not firing Kirby Smart at Georgia. Who knows which stoops at Kentucky and Barry Odom at Missouri? Maybe. South Carolina's done well so far under Muschamp after two years. Pruitt's not getting fired right now at Tennessee after this is his just first year. And then at Vanderbilt, uh, who knows their situation with Coach Mason. Maybe they would fire him after this year. But those three I said that maybe would fire, they're not as high profile as LSU. LSU's expected to be a 9-10 win football team, beat Alabama every now and then and compete for national titles. So I think that has a lot to do with why Orgeron is probably the coach in the SEC on the biggest hot seat. Yeah, I'd have to totally agree with you. Um, you know, I, I, I think what else could tie into that is, you know, that LSU has had talent these past two seasons and, you know, they've only won eight, nine games. Um, I think that also ties into it too. And when, you know, when you lose to Alabama twice in your first two seasons as head coach, there's going to be pressure on you, especially if you don't win enough conference games to get the conference championship. So I think that kind of ties into it as well. You know, and me and you did a podcast on the old show uh, where we looked at the over-unders. And uh, back then it was Bet DSI, and that was back in May when they put their stuff out. Uh, they had LSU at seven and a half. So where do you sit right now? You were pretty high on LSU getting over that. Where are you at now at LSU on that over-under of seven and a half wins? Uh, I'm still over by at least three, four games. Definitely. Okay, so, you know, and, and for everybody who didn't know, if you did not listen to my old podcast, Brandon had actually picked, uh, was it first or second place you picked LSU to come in the West? Oh, I've got them beating Alabama and finishing first. I've got them going all the way to Atlanta and possibly the college football playoff. So, uh, hey, we welcome any opinion here. Nah, just messing with you. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't remember if you had them at first or second there. Okay, so, you know, everybody, that's uh, that that is a different take. And it's not a safe, it's, you know, but, you know, we welcome, you know, great to have any opinions. And who knows? It's a crazy sport. LSU has the talent. I talked about that. Just, you know, we'll see. <laughs> um, 
speaking of craziness, I want to get your thoughts of some comments by Les Miles. I don't know if you've seen this on a radio show he was on in Houston a little over a week ago. I kind of gave my opinion on it on last week's show. But here's a quote from that radio appearance on the Josh Ennis show in Houston. He said, and it's all about uh, Ed Orgeron after the spring said, we need to be patient with the offense, show patience for this team. He said, and here's what Les Miles said, I guess what I'm saying is that I never accepted the feeling of, hey, we need to have patience. When you say that, you need to have patience. Aren't you really just saying to your team that you're not good enough? Because I want to know something. I I never took the field with the Tigers where I didn't think that I was absolutely going to kick someone's tail and that we were the best team, period. Just when you hear those comments, do you think Les Miles was taking a a dig or ripping on Coach Ed Orgeron? No, I, I don't think it was a shot at Orgeron or anything, but I do think Les Miles is absolutely correct with what he said there. Um, you know, there's there's really no time for patience at LSU right now. Um, it's either win now or your job is in jeopardy, and we've known that for six, seven months a year. Um, so I, I think he was absolutely right, and if Orgeron doesn't win enough games this year or turn it around in the next year, year and a half, two years, um, you know, we could see changes out there. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at LSU's schedule, I mean, it's a tough start. You're playing Miami on a Sunday. It's going to be in Texas. Uh, Miami's got a lot of expectations themselves coming in under Mark Rick, year three. Uh, they were 10-3 and three football team last season. So coming out of the gates, if you could beat Miami in that opening game, because just two weeks later you're going to Auburn, and uh, Auburn looked like the best team in the country last year in Jordan-Hare, and on the road they're not the same. You know, look at the LSU game. But that Miami game to open the season is very big for Ed Orgeron and LSU. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it's a Sunday night game in Texas, which is going to be huge anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's a really, really big game for Ed Orgeron at LSU. And if they win there, I mean, there's going to be a ton of talk about LSU, you know, on down the road for after that game. Um, I was looking at the ESP and SPI a couple of days ago. Miami has like a, I think it's like a 67% chance to win that game, which I think is kind of absurd. Um, but I, if LSU can get a win there, I think they'll start off their season really good and they'll kind of find their true identity before they get have to travel to Auburn. Yeah, and you know, in that game, I think LSU will be probably, it will feel almost like an LSU home game because I just feel like the LSU fans will travel more to that game than the Miami fans. I mean, let's be honest. Miami fans rarely go to their own home games. And Texas to Baton Rouge is not as big of a, a drive or, you know, a tra- you know travel-wise as it would be for the people that, from Miami that do go. So I do feel like LSU will have the edge there. It will be more of an LSU crowd. Oh, yeah. The, the home field advantage for LSU will definitely – it will definitely be in the Tigers' favor. Um, now, whether or not they can sustain that and get a win, you know, we'll have to find out. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of the many great games to start the college football season. That's one of the uh, funnest part. Last couple of years of college football now is big matchups uh, to kick off the season. And, uh, Brandon, uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to be on the show for this episode of the Football Report. And if the uh, listeners wanted to follow you online, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BrandonCFB. You can also find all of my LSU content over at LastWordOnCollegeFootball.com. And you can find my LSU Breakdown Podcast on Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, and we also have a Twitter page to search at LSU Breakdown. 
All right, sounds good. And uh, Brandon, I look forward to talking to you again uh, sometime down the road. Yeah, same to you, man.